Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, 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 this is it. This is Top Flight Tune Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Bow, bow, bow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along. We've uh, we finished with that chart in 1984 that we got about a month, two months out of. We've now moved on and the random pop blob has uh, selected a new chart for us to focus on. Uh, random pop blob, use your gob. Tell us, Tell how, us how to, to do, do our, our job. job. There we are. Shall we do the top 40 rundown like we did last time, Sam? That was a lot of fun. Let's do it again. That. Shall we do mm. that then? All right, start at number 40. In at number 40, it's Radio Stars with Nervous Wreck. Down 10 places at 39. It's Warden of our league. Lo- Down. <laughs> Fuck. Easy, is it? Failed my top of the pops audition straight away. <laughs> Down 10 places at 39. It's Morning of Our Lives by Modern Lovers. In at 38. Adverts. No time to be 21. <laughs> Tell them about it. <laughs> at 37. Let's have a quiet night in. That's by David Soul. Sounds nice till you realise that a few years later he beat his wife. <laughs> uh, quiet night in. Chance would be a fine thing. <laughs> in at 36. Rush. Closer to the heart. And at 35, Blue Bayou by Linda Ronstadt. Oh, Lovely lady. Linda Ronstadt. Ooh. Down 12 at 34, Julie Julie Covington, Only Women Bleed. I saw a fight Ooh. at a men's club last week and I can confirm that no, only women do not bleed, Julie. <laughs> Perhaps she's talking about the menstrual cycle, mate. I oh. don't know. Come on, it's daytime. Um, don't mention that. At number 33, up 10 places, it's Emotions by Samantha Sang. In at 32, Rita Coolidge, Words. At 31, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. <laughs> Amazing. In at 30, Billy Joel, Just the Way You Are. 29, Theme from Which Way Is Up by Starguard. <laughs> Down 14 at 28, Crystal Gale, Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue. 27, It's a Heartache, Bonnie Tyler. In at 26, Yellow Dog, Just One More Night. 25, Smokey, for a few dollars more. Still at 24, Rich Kids with Rich Kids. Try to think of a title for your song next time, guys. On 23, it's Tea Connection with On Fire. <laughs> Straight in at 22, it's The Stranglers, five minutes. At 21, Gordon Giltrap, Heart Song. Down at number 20, Imperials, Who's Gonna Love Me? 
Down in 19 this week, it's Dance, Dance, Dance by those lovely lads and lasses of Chic. Up three at number 18, it's the sweet and lovers like oxygen. He's not wrong. <laughs> at, the, at number 17, it's War with Galaxy. <laughs> still, still at 16, the electric light orchestra, Mr. Blue Sky. Number 15, it's Tonight with Drummer Man. Up four at 14, Rod Stewart with hot legs, and I was only joking. <laughs> I was only joking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, love, only joking. At 13, it's Heatwave with The Groove Line. Rod Temperton, of course. I've written a song called The Groove Line. Up eight at number 12, Darts, led by Den Hegarty. <laughs> Come back, my love. <laughs> at number 11, Rose Royce, wishing on a star. Down one place at number 10, Bob Marley and his whalers, jamming and punky reggae party. <laughs> not the kind of party I'd like to go to, but I've heard they're Absolutely a lot of fun. Not. There'll be a lot of bleeding going on one of those parties, I reckon. I prefer just a quiet barbecue with close friends and neighbours. <laughs> at number nine, Donna Summer claims that love's unkind. Sorry to hear well, that, it Donna. can be. Up five and eight, <laughs> Baccarat. Sorry I'm a lady. Sorry to hear that as well, Baccarat. <laughs> at number seven... How do you turn a duck into a soul singer? You put it in the microwave. You put it in the microwave until it's Bill Withers. And that's who's at number seven this week. Bill Withers with Lovely Day. Isn't it just? Great stuff. Down one place at number six, Odyssey, native New Yorker. At number five, Wings with Mullican Tire slash Girls School. Uh oh. Weird. weird. I didn't know that was a double A side. We'll get on to that. Still at number four, Scott Fitzgerald and Yvonne Keeley. If I had words. At number three, Uptown Top Ranking, it's Althea and Donna. Up eight places at number two. Gotta be next week's number one. It's ABBA. Take a chance on me. I take a chance on at, 50% of them. And at number one. <laughs> number one. Up two places. This week's UK number one is. Figaro by Brotherhood of Man. And here they are in the studio. It's the Brotherhoods. <laughs> it's the poor man's Abba. <laughs> I'm just looking wow. to see if uh, if Abba did get the number one the following week. And thankfully, yes, they did. Brotherhood of Man just had one week at the top of Figaro. That's one of my favourite Abba songs, I would Take say. A chance Take on a me. chance on me. Not my favourite. Obviously, SOS is my favourite. Is it? Uh, I would say that's got to be every right-minded uh, song fan's favourite app song, isn't it? SOS. SOS, yeah. Um, um, maybe Winner Takes It All for me, but I, I really like the oh, Misery Very period. maudlin. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, very maudlin, oh, mate. You, li- you liked it because she was at her most vulnerable, like wasn't she? She was suffering, yeah. Uh, I remember seeing that on top of the pops in very, very early memory. I mean, I, I would have been, yeah, sort of. Well, three in 1978. I don't know when SOS came out. Uh, no, uh, Winner Takes All. That was what. That was that their last hit, Winner Takes All, because I remember interpreting that as her having been slung out of the band and was singing a all song right. about it. But they'd agreed to be in the video, sort of laughing at her, like you know how you yeah. perceive things when you're a kid. You get confused, and a lot of things seem scarier and yeah, ho- yeah. more horrible than they actually are. Mm. And I thought, fuck me, Abba have chucked out the pretty one. And she's singing about it, but they're in the fucking video gloating. <laughs> I thought that's what someone's about. Like, you've won. Take your prize. Yeah. I'm out of the band. I get it. Fine. Yeah. No, that wasn't the last one. They did more after that. But um, mm. I can kind of see where a, a, a small-minded child would be coming from, thinking that. Mm. Yeah. I'm just looking at the uh, lyrics of Girls' School by, by Wings. 
Oh, yeah. To see if it's as dodgy as I think it might be. Uh, Sleepyhead kid's sister lying on the floor, 18 years and younger boy. Well, she knows what she's waiting for. God. Yuki's a cool school mistress. She's an oriental princess. She shows films in the classroom, boy. They put the paper on the windows. What can the sisters do? Girls' school. (sighs) I don't like the sound of this, Maka. You've been too long up on that fucking farm, mate. You're thinking all sorts of weird, dark thoughts. Uh, Now, Roxanne's her woman trainer. She puts the kids to bed. She gives them pills in a paper cup and she knocks them on the head. That sounds like a nursery rhyme, that, doesn't it? He's he's gone back to Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Mm. All bashing um, people only had... One of the most common themes in my songs uh, between about 1970 and 1980 were uh, people getting bashed over the head. <laughs> it was just something that I became really interested in, and, and John wasn't so interested. So, you know, when we uh, when we originally formed Wings, I said to Linda, why don't we do a concept album that's just about people having their heads smashed in? <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm free to do that, now that I'm free of the shackles of the Beatles... John was very narrow-minded about that. A lot of people perceive him as this sort of free-minded creative force, but in fact, he was a fucking conformist. Which was a bit weird, because like David Soul, he also beat his wife up on more than one occasion. So I thought it was quite odd that he wouldn't want to sing about it. But there you go. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's a it's a brilliant song. It's brilliant. The lyrics are very very iffy, but it's brilliant. I love it. It's a brilliant song. Yeah, you, I really can see myself getting down to that one. <laughs> I did get down just then. Did uh, you? Well just done. Very I mean, Malakintai was for many years the always in pub quizzes and so forth. It was the best selling single of all time, wasn't it? Was it? until Bandit came along in '84. Yeah. yeah. And, I'm sh- and since then, has it been surpassed again? I don't know. Elton John, but, Candle in the Wind. Oh, fuck I think anything you know. sold more than that. Candle um, in the Wind, Diana version. But, um, yeah. Well, look, I tell you, I, it was number one for weeks and weeks on end, I think, wasn't it? Because it was the Christmas number one of 77. It was still just dropping down the chart. Wow, I'm looking now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine weeks at number one. Well, look, entire. And it was everywhere. I didn't really know anything about the Beatles at this point. I didn't know that Paul McCartney was a Beatle. I didn't know what Had they were. Had been in another band. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wings was all I knew about. I knew that he was a big deal. But, uh, yeah. And of course, Mullica- my, one, of my, one of my earliest memories was him being nicked for having cannabis on him on a yes. plane. Yeah, he was in prison in Japan, wasn't he, in 79? Yeah, yeah, I remember that because I remember my mum talking it, it being on the news, and my mum going, yeah. oh, "I don't really like that Paul McCartney anyway." I don't know Knock why she was against Paul McCartney. Oh, they throw away the key, fucking mm, junkie. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you wouldn't have got that nice John Lennon taking any of those drug cannabises. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there was the rumor among Beatles fans that uh, the, he'd been busted at the airport in Tokyo because Yoko Ono had made a call. 
and grasped oh him up. Oh, my God. Which, of course, I don't think that holds water, does it? Uh, yeah, it's also a slightly racist theory. Of course theory. it is, yeah. You know, that'd be, that'd be that young owner, well, wouldn't it? Well, Tokyo, innit? it? Should we she, all connect it? She got an hotline. Ah. She got an hotline, ah. the president. Hello, this is Yoko Ono. <laughs> Oh, a God. man called Paul McCartney is passing through Tokyo Airport very soon. <laughs> Check his bags closely. TTFN. TTFN, dickheads. After the wife and kids and everyone back Sayonara, dickheads. All the best. God bless. So, yeah, Mullican Tire. That was the kind of level of record buying that my gran was at. She got Mullican Tire. In seventy seven, and then in seventy eight, she got the uh, the floral dance. Do you remember that by the Brighouse and Rastrick Brass Band? And Terry no. Wogan did a version of it as well. Right, probably before your time. She bought that as well, and then she didn't buy any other singles until uh, Ennio Morricone did a track called "Key Mai," which was the theme from the life of David Lloyd George on BBC One in nineteen eighty two. Which got I didn't know that. Got a number three. I, did, I didn't know they've made a uh, dramatization of the life of Lloyd George of on BBC. That's quite like I'd like to see that. He's a fascinating character, isn't he? Yeah, and there was bits of the series in the video for it with him walking along riverbanks and shit like that. I um, wonder who played him. Fuck, I don't know. Was it anyone good? I don't know. It was nineteen eighty-two. Um, I would have. I, mean, I, I, could... I would have liked it to have been um, probably. Oh, what's his name? I tell you, it'd have been brilliant because David Lloyd George was Welsh and they mm. did look quite similar. Was what's his name from it? Ain't half hot man. Windsor Davies. Windsor Davies, fucking perfect, Lloyd George. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. Uh, the Life and Times of David Lloyd George is a BBC Wales drama serial broadcast in 1981. Philip Maddock, who of course was the husband of Ruth Maddock, who was uh, oh, uh, right? Gladys in Heidi High. Hmm. I might watch that if it's on YouTube. Bound to be, isn't it? Uh, McCartney explains Mullivkin Tire by saying, I certainly love Scotland enough, so I came up with a song about where we were living, an area called Mullivkin Tire. It was a love song, really, about how I enjoyed being there and imagining I was travelling away and wanting to get back there. I mean, I've said before that if I could aspire to anyone's life at any time, I've always pictured myself as Paul McCartney in the Mullivkin Tire mm. era, living around. up, just yeah. strolling about a farm, but... I don't, I, I'm sure that I don't know if Paul McCartney put any grafting on the farm because I like the idea of living on a farm out in the wilderness, mm. but I don't want to put any grafting at all. Yeah. I don't want to do any actual farming. Yeah, he probably Fuck did the that. bare minimum, didn't he? He'd have had people to do the actual farming. He'd have had farmers, yeah. So, I, yeah, that's why I, I actually like this song. Like, people don't like it. A lot of people don't like it, do they? Because they think it's corny. Yeah. But I think it's fucking great. It's and great the, the bagpipes yeah. and all of that, I'm banging to it. Matt of Kintar, oh, mist rolling in from the sea, my desire is always to be here. Oh, Matt of Kintar. Lovely lyrics too, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Fucking out. I wouldn't mind doing... it, doesn't it? I wouldn't mind us going up and doing some sort of live show <laughs> in Matt of Kintar. <laughs> Yeah, we've probably got a very, very strong fan base there. I reckon. We'll, Wait, uh, if you're we'll listening, if you're it. if you're an IFS member and you are ne- either in or near Malakantar, get in touch. Let us know whether you'd like us to visit and when you could rustle up a crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would, fu- I don't even know where it is. I presume it's just fucking way up there. Well, I mean, we played Thirsk, didn't we? I imagine it's Scotland's version of Thirsk. Well, maybe we can I reckon get eighty-five more people through the door if we're lucky. We'll do it in a barn. Yeah. Hopefully not those Larry cunts you turned up in Thirsk. 
God. Mixed emotions that night. What's your favourite Wings song? Mine's Maybe I'm Amazed. But Ooh. I'll admit, I don't really know many, so it's not saying much. Hmm. Um, silly Love Songs, I reckon. Don't know it. I'll look it up. Okay. It's not in this chart, so I can't insert it into the episode. No. Forbidden to speak about it due to the rules. Uh, that's Muller Kintyre then. Um, what else is going on in the chart? Very, very I'm weird. I'm a native New Yorker. The, the, the Bee Gees, Staying Alive, is number 31. Oh, yeah. It's only mm. gone up three places. Yeah. Now, of course, it ended up being a top five hit, but it started slowly in the chart. I'm not throwing any accusations around. It went up number 18 the following week, but it might well be that someone at the BJ's Retro Company knew where the chart return shops were and went and bought a load of singles in the chart return shops. That Why week. are you saying that? I don't know. Might have happened. You see that quite a bit. You see a record that became a big hit and it starts off very slowly. And then all of a sudden there's a big leap in its chart position. Don't know. Right. Don't know. Well, Staying Alive is a fucking astonishingly it's an good track. enormous song, isn't it? Yeah. It and saves lives as it, well, because you use it to um, do oh, a heart yeah. massage. There you go. It's also um, off of... Funny enough, I was talking to my brother about this last night. We were discussing... At the cinema where we went last night, they had vinyl records for sale of classic soundtracks. Right. And my brother was arguing that he... not He suggested that a lot of soundtracks are simply just playlists, aren't they? They're curated playlists rather yeah. than a bunch of records the songs assembled for the for the thing anyway I said that the the best soundtracks ever for me is a toss up between The Harder They Come which is Jimmy yeah. Cliff plus various other artists uh, or Staying Alive and ultimately we came down just on the side of Staying Alive as the greatest soundtrack Saturday Night Fever though Sorry, Saturday Night Fever, Saturday yeah. Night Fever. Wasn't there yeah. a film called Staying yeah. Alive, though? But that wasn't... That's a sequel. It's yeah. a sequel. Same bloke. It's Travolta, but by that stage, he's involved in some other caper. Aerobics, <laughs> that sort of thing. Travolta, he's back. Involved <laughs> in some kind of other caper. Staying alive. <laughs> yeah, it's a sequel. I mean, uh, Saturday Night Fever got is a fucking... Got any ideas for a sequel? <laughs> yeah, well, it's Travolta again. But um, this time he's involved in some kind of other caper. I ain't worked out what yet, but, you know, it's he'll get up all sorts of tricks. He's got a new project on the go, <laughs> right? <laughs> same geezer, but he's moved on from the disco dancing, right? And he's uh, he's got himself involved in some other malarkey. Uh, it's good. It'll be good, though. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> well, you can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man. Mm. No time to talk. Mm. Music loud and women warm. I've been kicked around since I was born. <laughs> nice. And now it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> it's all, don't worry about that, right? Yeah. I've kicked around some bum. It don't matter now because I'm a woman's Everything's man. Everything's on right? the up. <laughs> Everything's coming uh, up to Volta. And you, uh, you may look the other way. Mm. We can try to understand the New York Times effect on man. Fucking hell. What lyrics? Well done, Barry Gibb. Yeah. Uh, anyone, it's a great album, isn't it? Anyone who underestimates the BGs or denigrates the BGs idiot. is a fucking mm. clown. Do yeah, not darken I mean, my doors. Fuck. BG dissing. I think, have they had sold more records than Lennon and McCartney? 
Or are they second to Lennon McCartney? I'm not sure. It's I think it's I think it's close. I think they're like the two best-selling be music there. writers of all times. Yeah, because they wrote songs for other people as well, didn't they? Well, yeah. I mean, they wrote some of the tracks on Saturday. I Night am a woman in love. Yeah. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Jalapeño. Also on the soundtrack of Saturday Night Favorite, If I Can't Have You, by Yvonne Oh, Melman. my God. Oh, my God. What a if song. If I can't have you, I don't want I don't nobody, want baby. baby. Absolute classic. I used to listen the fuck out of this album when I was younger. <laughs> like, but we're talking about like the the early nineties. I had it, and I got re- that was when I first got super super into disco music. You know, twenty years after it had been a thing. Yeah, because I was a bit too young first time around, and then I sort of thought disco music is silly, like D I C O. Yeah. Um, and then I I can't I think I saw the film one night late mm. and thought it'd be a silly cheesy film about disco, about and dancing. in fact it's. Fucking dark it's, movie, yeah, right? It's Super dark. Yeah, it's yeah. gritty. It's like you know what? We talk about Ken Loach quite a lot on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Ken Loach wants to take a if you want to make a fucking film, right, about the gritty realities of urban working class life, but without being a patronising, boring <laughs> dickhead about it, right? And making sure it's got a fucking cracking yeah. soundtrack, right? Yeah. Then watch Saturday Night Fever, Ken Loach, because that is what your film. I mean, all of your films, whether it be Raining Stones, uh, I Am Daniel Brake, <laughs> or his more recent one, uh, the the world's unluckiest fan driver, right? Stick a fucking disco soundtrack in it. You should have called up Barry Gimp. Hello, it's Loach here. Listen, I've made this film about a fucking van driver, but his van keeps breaking down. <laughs> He's losing the keys. Or oh, everything that could go wrong gets a flat tire the lot. Uh, it needs spicing up a bit because it's a bit boring. <laughs> Can you do us a load of fucking disco tracks to go in it? <laughs> what? Uh, what? <laughs> About vans, mainly. How Deep Is Your Love? Staying Live. Disco Inferno. Night Fever. Yeah. KG. Right. A, fifth, a Fifth of Beethoven. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. It's a disco version of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Night on Disco uh, Mountain. Oh, which Giant is one of, the best title, one of the best titles of the songs ever, is yeah. Night on Disco Mountain. Yeah. More than a woman, more than a woman to me. That soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. It's almost song on it, is there? As as you once said about uh, Shaka Khan, I feel for you. It's almost bulletproof. (laughs) Yeah, nothing can injure at this album. Get it on vinyl and shoot a gun at it; it won't shatter. But the film, the film itself was massive. Even though it is as kind of gritty, it doesn't look like a sort of film that would. 
break the box office records, especially as it came out well, for di- Greece, which di- pretty much disco did. fever gripped the world, the yeah. Western world, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't a, disco- it wasn't a cuddly kind of, um, you know, an easy sell as a film, even though it was a no, disco well, film. I, I think the marketing was very different from the film. I don't yeah. know exactly what happened, but it seems to me it's sort of thing where someone had written a script just that wasn't about disco per se. It was about urban life in New York, mm. right? And these young people struggling with the things young people can struggle with, it right? It was based on some and magazine then, features, wasn't it? Right, okay. In that the, happened a lot in those yeah. days. And but, uh, but I think that basically they would have thought, well, let's go heavy. This is going to be a hard sell, so let's go heavy in the marketing on the disco angle, mm. which means if you look at the poster, it looks like a sort of a uh, it looks like a sort of fairly superficial sort of teen movie mm. from the poster because John Travolta's pulling his trademark disco point in the finger move yeah. in his white suit, and the girl who's in it, who is an amazing character, she's actually looks quite demure in it and is sort of standing back amazed by him and then of course you've got all the songs by the Bee Gees who were massive massive selling artists at the time and so all the focus was on that so I think a lot of people were probably lured into going along thinking that they were going to watch yeah. something not dissimilar to Greece yeah. that kind of a movie conned. and then they got there and it was fucking people jumping off bridges suicide all over the place madness <laughs> yeah I, mean, I briefly mentioned Greece there as a comparison also while we're talking about the Bee Gees Barry Gibb wrote Greece, which was sung by Frankie Valli, which is a what a song, amazing yeah. song. I mean, that's the that's the best song on that soundtrack. Yeah. Which again, the Greece soundtrack in a very different way, still a fucking great soundtrack, oh, yeah. right? I mean, not not one that I'd necessarily listen to walking around in my headphones. But the other day when we were painting my daughter's room, I can't remember why, but I said I started singing all of the famous tracks from. I, I started going through the whole Grease soundtrack, but sung in the style of a cat. So I was right. like... yep, okay. Well, I love you, rapper who he is. You're my loving, really, 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 the girl cute as can be. It drove her fucking nuts. And I was like, <laughs> I think this is fun. Let's go through the whole thing. I did standing at the stranded at the driving, feeling a fool. Mm-hmm. I did, and then finally I, t- I said, "You got to like fucking Frankie Valley doing Greece." <laughs> okay, yeah. But no, she no. wasn't having it. She well, hated it. It made weird. her upset and angry. A bit like the public as well, because in between all of that, in between Saturday Night Fever and then Greece coming out, was. Uh, also involving the Bee Gees, the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band film. Have you seen that? No. That came out in 78. Now, that, the Bee Gees starred in it. I don't know if they did any songs for it, because um, obviously the songs will have been Beatles. Uh, it starred Peter Frampton, the Bee Gees, Frankie Howard, mm. Paul Nicholas, Donald Pleasance. Oh. Hello, Pet. Steve Martin, Aerosmith, <laughs> Alice Cooper, oh my God. Earth, Wind & Fire, Billy Preston, and George Burns. Oh! <laughs> That's a great this. cast. To be fair, that is an amazing it's cast. It, maybe it? it's a brilliant film. George Martin was the musical director, conductor, arranger, and producer of the film's soundtrack album. Um, I mean, this should have been enormous, but uh, it's kind of been forgotten about pretty much. I've, I don't think I've ever seen it. It's the kind of thing you'd I remember. Think you'd remember if you'd seen it, if you had. 
VH1's 100 Most Shocking Moments in Rock and Roll, it finished number 76 in that list, so I just don't think it worked out for them. But um, I wish watched that. It was a great idea, though. A deep dive of it, maybe. Oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. Put it on the list. Um, Uptown Top Ranking mm. is at number three. It's mm. just dropped. It was at number one. It's yep. a great song. I remember seeing a documentary where they, where, um, what you call it, uh, Althea and Donna talked about it. And it started as a joke. They were schoolgirls and they were in a studio. Yeah. And they started ad-libbing silly piss-take lyrics to another track called Three Piece Suit by yep. Trinity. And they were just taking the piss out of, like, they were, they were, British Jamaicans, so they were second generation, they were like British girls, yeah. but born to Jamaican parents in London or whatever, and they were taking the piss out of some of the old school Jamaican lads who right. sort of sung all these tough guy songs, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm Strictly Roots and all of that. So they were just doing a sort of a, a satire. It was a, yeah. it was a satirical, but someone heard them doing it in the studio and thought they were so funny doing it. They said, let's put it out as a single. And nice. in fact, although it was meant as a joke, obviously it is really great. It's a great tune, but also they're just so charismatic. When you see the old clips of them doing it on Top of the Pops, yeah, they're just a very yeah. charismatic pair, aren't they? But that Top of the Pops clip is weird because there used to be a musician's union rule back then. If you mm. uh, if you were on Top of the Pops, uh, you had to re-record your song for Top of the Pops, including the musicians originally on it. And right. If if there was any musicians that, that weren't available or whatever, they had to re-record it with the BBC Orchestra. Right. So the yeah. top of the pops footage of Uptown Top Ranking has got them playing alongside the BBC Orchestra, and well, yeah. it doesn't sound very much like the actual single that you know you were going out and buying. And uh, I don't think the BBC Orchestra had the chops to be able to pull off some reggae. In 1970, <laughs> so it's it's worth having a look at that. I'll tell you and what, what I'm going to do. Of mu- How uh, will this be played in the Reggie style? We'll have a bit of the original, and then leading into a bit of the top of the pops version, so you can compare and contrast. Now pop, no style. Our strictly roots. Now pop, no style. Our strictly roots. See me from the road, and you not call out to me. See me in my pants and take See me in my altar back Send me gear alt attack Give me little bass with my wine on my waist Up down top ranking See me in my bands Go a bit of a difference between the original and the uh, the BBC Orchestra version. It's like those albums they used to bring out called Top of the Pops in the nineteen seventies, where oh, and it was re-recorded versions, the hits of the day, and they'd bung them out on a cheap album. Because Elton John sang on quite a few of them before he was big. Oh, he did, didn't he? That's yeah. in the book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fantastic. I'm just thinking, nineteen seventy-eight is an amazing year for music. Because I don't remember it vividly, having been only three. Although I do have some early memories of sitting in our house and watching Top of the Pops. It was a big family event. Even when I was very young, I've got mm. memories of that. But anyway, it was amazing. If you look at the mix, 
it's funny when you pick these top tens out at random and there's so many songs that have stayed the distance that were all yeah. in the charts at the same time. Yeah. Like, even if you just look at the top 15 tracks, there's so many songs that I would say are, are legitimate, if not classics, and certainly songs that you hear on rotation to this day on loads of mainstream radio yeah. stations and TV shows, right? Um, but the genre mix is really interesting because there's a, a, a big dollop of reggae in there, mm-hmm. you know, like whether Bob, Bob Marley or... Or um, Alfie and Donna, and then on. there's there's still lo- like a lot of disco, right? And then there's this sort of new mutation of disco into pop, like ABBA, Brother the Man, and then you've got stuff like Wings, you know, mm. and Rod Stewart. It's a it's just an interesting and mix, isn't got it? Dart doing the whole retro thing, the whole retro rock and roll thing that was kind of big yeah. around then as well. Uh, a yeah, little and then, bit of, and, there's not much punk in there. There's adverts at number 38, but there's not a lot of the punk stuff. So is this post, is this just as punk's dying out or what? Well, the Stranglers are there as well. I, it's, kind, it's kind of, punk was dying out and what was called New Wave was kind of coming in. Right. In 78. I thought there would have been more punk stuff in the in the top 40, but there's not. I'm just looking outside the top lit- 40. In at number 42, Wuthering Heights, Kate Bush. That was uh-huh. just about to break through. Linda Ronstadt at 35, that's sort of like California West Coast sort of rock, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, country Countryish, countryish rock. Coolidge, Crystal Gale as well, don't it make my brown eyes blue? Yeah. Classic country uh, country pop thing. David Soul dominating, because presumably Starsky and Hatch was in its pump at that time as well, well yeah, which was yeah, doing... Well, that's, obviously, that's, not, that's doing me a few fucking favours with the record sales. Yeah. It's unlocked the uh, unlocked the door of the old charts for me there. I've done a uh, Silver Lady, <laughs> and uh, what's that other one? Ah, oh, fucking! I can't remember half the names. Of them. I could knock any shite out. Anyway, buy it at the moment. let's have a quiet night in. That's the new one. That's <laughs> what I've decided to call the new one. Anything else that stands out? I remember. I vividly remember Hot Legs by Rod Stewart. remember the video for that uh it was one of my very first triggering videos because i can it, tell just by the name of the song i'm gonna put it on youtube and just have a look and remind myself it, it it was a lot of it was filmed from behind a woman who had hot legs and uh rod was like she was framing the picture and rod was in the middle in between them singing his song oh yeah and i don't think I'm you ever saw this and she's wearing fishnets, and there he is in well, his dungarees he, on. He, he, he's objectified, a classic he rod. He has, yeah. And, classic um, rod. I've got to admit, at the age of five and a half, I was fucking objectifying her as well. Even yeah, though I didn't right know what it meant. For a bit of objectification. Yeah, I knew no better. Um, rod had lost his mind at this stage, wasn't yeah. hadn't he, really? I mean, he'd, fucking, like, he'd gone from Rod the Mod, who had quite a lot of credibility, didn't he? To Rod um, the Chod. And he just... 
it Rod had just fucking lost it. He just thought, "Fuck this! I'm devoting my I went I devoted my whole life to Fanny. <laughs> I'm think, moving to LA because that's where all the best stuff is. And I think, do you think I'm sexy came at about the same time? It was either the follow up to yeah. that or the one before that? So you know, it was yeah. like, it's all about oh, fucking oh, copping off. That's what I'm all into now. It's all Drinking, I'm into. Copping so forget off football. it. All these lads, they're going on about music, this, that, and the other. All my old mates, like, fucking clapped them and those dickheads. I tell them, you're wasting your time. Life only comes down to one thing, and I'm going to get as much of it as I can. <laughs> while I can. Before it drops off. <laughs> you go forever. Tell you that. I, I actually love Do You Think I'm Sexy? I think it's a fucking blinding song. Yeah, yeah, it is. But you can't think of it while doing that. You can't think of it without two things come to mind. One is, of course, Kenny Everett as Rod Stewart with his ever-inflating ass, which is one of my favourite <laughs> yeah. all-time sketches, where his yeah. ass just gets bigger and bigger, and in the end, it gets so big that he floats up because yeah. it's like a balloon. And um, and also, I don't know if you know the film So I Married an Axe Murderer with Mike Myers, but the funniest thing about that film is Mike Myers plays the main character called Charlie, but he also plays his own father. So he's one of those ones where he right. plays two roles. He plays his own dad, who's an old, mad, drunken Scotsman. Right, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and at the wedding, he sings Do You Think I'm Sexy? Because he's so into being... It's set in Canada, but he's so into being Scottish. Mm. And it's a fucking remarkable performance of Do You Think I'm Sexy by Mike Myers. <laughs> I'm watching the video here for Hot Legs, and it starts off, and he's in America somewhere, and he's riding along on a truck with all his mates, and they're all dressed ridiculously like children's entertainers. Yeah. And they come along... It's an old town, and they come along a dusty track, and mm. sat on this old, seemingly unused railway track is uh, some Doris, as Rod would no doubt have called her. we never see. Who we never see. We always see is her bestocking legs. And he jumps off the truck he's riding on and he's like, aye, aye, what's this? <laughs> oh, fucking hell, fortune's favoured old Roddy boy once again. <laughs> There's a pair of hot legs. Here I am in the middle of fucking nowhere. And what should I come across? Some lovely Doris sprawled out across a railway track in stockings. Bingo. I'll sing with you song at her. Hot legs. <laughs> I've read a song for you just off the top of my head. It's called Hot Legs. It's like this. Look, oh, it's quite predatory. He walks up just staring yeah, at her. And he's sort of grabbing onto her and stuff like that. It's very unsettling. He's dressed like a presenter of Rainbow, isn't he? Yeah. I was on my way to present the song to the board at KFC because it was supposed to be for an advert for their hot wings. But I'll just change the lyrics <laughs> a bit and sing it to Lynch Doris. <laughs> Fucking hell, Ross, silly absolute nutter. Yeah, yeah, and then off they drive away into the distance. Dirty bastards. And they're fucking... Well, Rod Stewart's book is a really good book. I don't yeah. know if you've read it. I it's worthy of a, it yet. It, It's worthy of a deep dive at some point, I would say. And Phil Collins. <laughs> Phil Collins, I've gone on about too much, so I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> Phil Collins, I want to just deep dive the one chapter about Live Aid, although it's all brilliant. Yeah. But I would say it's a close-run thing between Rod Stewart's and Phil Collins for which is best. Yeah. Elton John's edges them both. Sam, edges them both. we've got forever. There's no rush. Yeah. We can do them both. We, have. we can do them both. I reckon that's yeah. it for that chart. We'll um, we'll do another one. 
in a couple of weeks. I think we've picked the balls yeah. out of that pretty much. Uh, oh, you enjoyed it. Oh, we turned you on to some new music that you'd never been in. Yeah, before. I hope so. Just open your mind. Bit. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's what we're here for. We're here to educate, inform, and entertain, primarily. <laughs> so yeah, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another one. Uh, TTFN, dickheads. See you, pop fans. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.